Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The Coach as a Leader. That's the name of the new book. It just hits stores. It's written by Christina Behar, and Christina is sitting down right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to talk all about this book. Christina, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It's my pleasure to have you here. Christina, what can readers expect when they open up The Coach as a Leader? What's this all about? This book is all about, it's a discussion between a leader and a subordinate, and she is preparing him to become a leader himself. So it's an analogy between coach of a team of horses And actually, it's really a simplistic overview of what it means to lead a team. Christina, it's really interesting that you use that analogy, the coach and his team of horses. How did you get that idea? Well, I've been teaching it for around 18 years during my leadership consulting, training sessions for supervisors and managers. And it always brought up a response of positivity, you know, that they had such a deep insight on what it means to be a leader, really. Sometimes we overlook terms like what does it mean to be a supervisor or what does it mean to lead a team? What does it mean to be an autocratic leader or someone who cares for his team? Christina, what does your writing background look like? Have you ever written or published before? I wrote poetry a long time ago. I was published as one of the world's best poets, but Mm. I stopped writing poetry and focused instead on business and leadership. How long did the coach as a leader take you to write once you started getting down and writing it? You won't believe me. It (laughs) took me 20 minutes. Wow. How is that possible? (laughs) Because I've been talking about it for 18 years. So sitting down and writing it was really quite simple. It was very easy. It just flowed. And I can only imagine when you got that first copy and you got to hold this thing in your hands for the first time that you've been working so hard on, Christina. What was that moment like for you? How oh, it was amazing. Seeing it in full color with the illustrations of Earl John Desocito, my artist, mm. and reading through, wow, I, I can't describe it. I'm so excited. It's a beautiful book. (laughs) It is. You mentioned the illustrations, and they are quite beautiful. How did that kind of thing come about? My artist was my student when I was still teaching at university a long time ago. Hmm. He was a fine arts student, and I contacted him, and I gave him the copy of the manuscript. And he drew them according to his interpretation of the story itself. So when he came back to me with the illustrations, I was blown away and I said, wow, wow. (laughs) Together with the story and the illustrations, this one is going to be a good one. It's going to be a great book. 
What are the chances that you'll be writing more and we'll see more from you published in the future? I'm thinking of writing another book soon, but maybe it'll take another year. (laughs) (laughs) It's still forming in my mind. The process of writing and publishing your first book can be quite the learning process, Christina. Did you pick up anything along the way that you could offer as advice to authors just starting out? I think if you have an idea that you are truly passionate about, that you should sit down and write it and share it to the world. You know, my take on this is that every person has a story to tell. Mm. And if it is just even one simple story to tell, tell it because the world will benefit from it. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this book, and I encourage those listening out there to check it out. It's titled The Coach as a Leader. It's written by Christina Bahar and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find it anywhere like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Christina, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling me all about your work. I had a great time talking with you tonight. Thank you so much, Corey. It was my pleasure. What type of Christian are you? That's the new book in stores right now, written by Thomas Ernst. And Thomas is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to talk all about this book. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm very glad that you invited me. I appreciate your time. Thomas, what do readers expect when they open up what type of Christian are you? The book is... I've already had a friend read it, and he said if your whole purpose was to take a good look in a mirror at yourself and to question your relationship with God and your Savior, he said you did it. Mm. It's really about looking at your relationship. Is it a very strong relationship, or is it a relationship where you kind of keep God at a distance? You know, it's about already the existing Christians. You really need, there's a lot of people, and I was one, where I really didn't know him as well as I thought I did. So, Thomas, why did you think there was a need for this kind of book? What inspired the idea? Well, it's really funny, because I didn't start out writing about the book. I always felt I had a purpose. God had a special purpose for me. I didn't know what it was. And I would continuously ask him, what am I supposed to do? And it's funny and amazing how God works because my writing skills were always one of my weaknesses in life. Mm. But I had a vision and uh, vision was my uh, judgment day. And he basically told me that I really didn't know him. It's a long story, but he pointed out I didn't know him. Mm. So I started, I picked the Romans, I would read a verse, and I would write what I knew about that verse. And I went through the whole book of Romans. And then I went back, and then I would look at all the references and look at other verses. And it only probably took four or five verses for me to realize he was right, and I was really wrong. Mm. So I kept on continuing to write about that. And next thing you know, it kind of came together. And I realized that I was creating this book that I didn't know I was writing. Wow. Thomas, there's something really interesting in your book. You talk about whether you're a good sheep or a bad sheep. Can you go into that? Sure, I can. 
as a sheep, we're already Christians. We've already accepted Christ's gift. And, well, the good sheep, they have a very good relationship with God. They read their daily devotions. They do more praying. They, you know, they do all the things they're supposed to do, and they really know Christ, and they really know God. Mm. While the bad sheep, you know, they have accepted Christ's gift, but they don't have the time to really get to know Him. Their lives are too busy, or they choose to do other things than to spend time getting to know Christ and getting to know God. And that's the hence of the bad sheep. Mm. How long did it take you, Thomas, to write what type of Christian are you? Believe it or not, it took about seven years because I have a very unique background. I was very successful in life with the things I've done, and I was a business owner. So I only had 15 to 20 minutes a day to spend time writing the book. And like I said, I was trying to get to know Christ better, and I was spending that 15, 20 minutes a day. I kept pushing, and I didn't realize until later on that, wow, it's a book. It's it's really, you know, I, I really, really humbled myself to write. I mean, I was the bad sheep, and I'm trying to improve my relationship with God. Must have been quite a moment for you then, Thomas, whenever you got that first physical copy of this, and you got to hold it. What was that like for you? It was like, wow. I never dreamed that I would write a book especially write a book for God. Like I said, my writing skills was one of the weaknesses in life. I'm, I'm an accountant by trade, and I used to be, my first 10 years of my life, I was a carpenter. So I was always very good with numbers and not really good with writing. So I, I never dreamed I would do something like that. So when you take a look at it and you start paging through it, sometimes I still can't believe I did it. I think a lot of people are going to be blessed and will be able to take a look in the mirror with this book. It's called What Type of Christian Are You? It's written by Thomas Ernst. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can buy it anywhere, like on Amazon, of course, and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, and also down the street at your local bookshops. Thomas, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and telling me about your work. I had a good time talking with you. I thank you very much for inviting me. There's a sequel in stores right now to a book by Judianne Lewinsky titled The Red Wagon Heroes. This one's The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. And Judianne is right here with me now, and we're going to talk all about it. Judianne, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's exciting. You have book two in this series out, The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. Judianne, can you tell me all about it? I can. The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. It centers around this fun group of multicultural children and their pets and their red wagons. It's kind of placed in a simpler time with barefoot kids encouraging each other to be kind to each other and to find their own inner power by helping each other. Mm. So there's always times when there's challenging issues in one's life, but we're always trying to find the uh, way through a problem. And I think a lot of that helps when you have a friend that can help you out. Oh, what a wonderful message here, Judy Ann. What ages of children do you think would get the most from it? Well, mostly children's books like this would appeal to young children, I would say 
I know there's little kids that are two and three years old that love the book, but because they can't read themselves, they find the joy of someone older reading to them. But I also know that people of all ages are enjoying the book. And I've had adult friends that say, we think everyone should read the book because it's so awe-inspiring of being kind. And I think this world needs to be reminded we, we should be kind to people. I love it. Judy Ann, how are you inspired to write the Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth? What gave you this idea? Well, it certainly started during the COVID shutdown when we all were locked in our homes. Mm. And I could see on the television news reports how adults and children were having a hard time getting to know what to expect in the future. And I thought it would be especially good to have kids introduced to the Word of God at a very easy level. And that's why I wanted to put some Bible verses in this book and help introduce people on a basic level that God is always with them. And by being kind to other people, you are doing the work of God. It was one of those things that just kind of one picture led to another. And pretty soon I had a whole book. How long did the process take for you once you started writing and illustrating? The writing and illustrating took about three to four months, and then getting a publisher and working through that took a little bit of the first, I would say, five months. So it really was a pretty quick process. Yeah. Uh, Judy Ann, there is nothing like getting your finished product in, actually holding that thing that you've been working on so hard. So that day when you got your first book in the mail and you got to hold it, what was that day like for you? Well, that was very exciting because you got all these books delivered, but to open it up and actually see it in a finished product was a real proud moment because it was just a beautiful thing. And to see it done, yes, it was like a little, quite a gift in the mail. What are the chances that we'll see more from you in the future? Have you thought about writing and publishing more? Yes, actually, I have several ideas in mind. And one is how the Red Wagon Heroes help save the planet by keeping the world green. There's also finding the new adventures in life. So there's a lot of different things that I could go with. And I'm trying to put together a storyline right now that would really appeal to children and adults. Well, there's so many wonderful messages here, and I think everybody should check this book out. The title is The Red Wagon Heroes, Find the Truth. This is written by Judy Ann Lewinsky, published by Covenant Books. And it's available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Judy Ann, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for telling me all about the Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. I hope we get to talk again sometime. Well, thank you, and hopefully we'll talk again. This book is designed to encourage everyone in their daily spiritual walks with God. It's titled, more Daily Devotions and Random Thoughts for You or Someone You Know, Book Two. This is written by Larry D. Hill, and I'm really happy Larry is right here with me now, and we're going to chat all about it. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
It's my pleasure. Uh, This is a follow-up to the first volume of more daily devotions and random thoughts for you or someone you know. Yeah. Larry, can you tell me what readers can expect here? Well, you know, basically it's something where it actually takes an earthly situation or something we can relate to with a spiritual implication. You see, as a matter of fact, the scriptures that are in there, they actually relate to the message and the message relate to the scriptures. Larry, what inspired you to put together your devotions and thoughts and release them? Well, you know, it it really started back in the fall of 2005. Uh, I've been doing this uh, actually every day for over 17 years now, seven days a week. Oh, wow. Uh, One of the partners actually had had sent me a text one day and wanted me to send her a Bible verse every day for 40 days. She had told me that one of her friends had had, had actually did that. How much it worked. So that's how it started. I was in reverse and put a little message in there. And uh, one of my co-workers asked me if I'd do it for them. And one thing led to another. So I've got three or four or five different messages I'm sending out. And it's like the Spirit says, look, let's put everybody on the same plane, on the same base, on the same foundation. And so I started sending the same message out to everyone. Mm. And it just kind of grew after that. Uh, right now, I actually text out 52 messages across the country from here to Florida. And they in turn forward them, some of them, to their loved ones and friends and so on and so forth. I have no idea how many of people get these every day, but, you know, it's not about me. It's about getting the word out wow. and helping people with their spiritual daily walk. That's kind of what I do. I actually just kind of write what I kind of hear, what I feel, you know, each morning when I wake up, you know, and I'm, my day starts about 3 a.m. Wow. And it's like, you know, God, not my thoughts, but yours, not my words, but yours, your message. And I just sit back and I just wait, wait to receive. And what I hear, that's what I write. Larry, how long did it take you to decide what you wanted to include in this book and put it all together and get it all published? Well, you know, that's another thing. I didn't anticipate this happening at all when I began doing this. All my daughters and my son, all my kids kind of encouraged me to do it. As a matter of fact, I even posted on my Facebook page every day now, too, a message. And like I, said, I, never, I never know what they're going to be from day to day. I don't even know what tomorrow's is going to be, you know, but I'm sure God knows. And, you know, at the right time, he'll, you know, get that message to me. And, and I'm sure he gets it into the right hands of the people that are out there. So, uh, me and those, my job just to kind of get it out is uh, God's job to get it into the right hands. Larry, before book one, had you ever written anything published before? What does your writing background look like before that? Well, you know, I've always liked writing. I actually wrote two short stories back in high school, and they were published in high school and everything. And I remember I wrote a poem back in, I think, the February of 1984. I remember when I resided at a meeting one night and afterwards the uh, doctors and stuff came in and they wanted to know if, if they could actually, you know, have the rights. So they had these copyright papers and I released it. Oh, wow. I didn't hear anything about that. A couple of years after that, I was up in the Bay Area and there was a girl I met, I think I was riding a bus and she was, we were talking about poetry and she asked me about this one poem and she tried to recite it. And then when she could remember, I said, wait, I know this, I wrote this. And I said, and she said, oh, you've read it? I'm like, man, I wrote it. Wow. You know? And then so, yeah, in the mid-80s, I kind of started writing a lot of love ballads, a lot of love songs, uh, some, you know, Christian music and stuff like this, just, just the lyrics. I always loved music. I went to major music when I was in college, but I played baseball. All the music classes were in the afternoon, and I had to choose between music and baseball. Well, I chose baseball, but I still love music. I used to go to operas and listen to classical music and all of that. 
Well, this book has 422 daily devotions, 53 random thoughts, and I know a lot of readers will be blessed by it. I encourage my listeners right now to go check this out. It's titled, More Daily Devotions and Random Thoughts for You or Someone You Know, Book 2. It's written by Larry D. Hill, published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get it anywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Larry, it's been great talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for your time and telling me all about your work. I hope we can talk again sometime. I hope so, too. And thank you very much for having me, and God bless you, and God bless every listener out there. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Martha Black. Martha, thanks for joining me tonight. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. You got a new book out. It's very exciting. Just wanted to congratulate you on that. It's called Little Missy. Martha, can you tell me about it? Okay. Little Missy is about a girl who has Guillain-Barre syndrome, and she's been in bed for months, and she's just way down in a deep pit of fatigue and depression. That's what Guillain-Barre does to you. Mm -hmm. And her father has already lost his wife, and he's terrified that he's going to lose her. And so he asks her what he can do to help her. And she said, I need someone to spend time with me, lots and lots of time. So he finds her a little girl, her own age, named Sammy. And Sammy knocks on her door one day and opens it up and just goes on in and jumps up on her bed and says, I'm here to see you get out of bed. And she said, well, how are you going to do that? She said, with miracles, lots and lots of miracles. So that's what the book is about. Martha, what gave you the idea for this story? I just wanted a story, somehow the, the Lord put in my mind, a story about a disease that could put you to bed for long enough, but you would get over. And so I went to my doctor, and I asked my doctor for three diseases that would do that. And I researched them all, and I chose Guillain-Barre because it fit what I wanted to say. Martha, what kinds of readers were you writing for here? Who do you think would be most into it? This is a book that's for preteen girls. It's really not anything in particular I don't think that a boy would like. It's not an adult book. It's it's really for for children. It's a good book. It's a book that has a lot of positive spirit because Sammy is just a light in the dark. She just radiates hope and joy and all that. And she transfers that to little Missy and changes her life. Mm. Martha, can you tell me a little bit about your writing background? Have you ever done this kind of thing before? I've written one other book. Well, actually, I've been writing for 50 years. Oh, wow. But I've always hated what you had to do to get published, and I never did do much. But the first book that I have gotten published was called The Views of the Cross and the Tomb. And this is a biblical fiction book. Mm-hmm. So it tries to stay very close to what the Bible says, and then you fill in the cracks. You know, <laughs> the Bible doesn't cover everything. It's actually eight different viewpoints of the crucifixion and the resurrection. It's got Jesus's and John's and Peter. Peter wasn't at the cross, but his personality was such that he just had to be someplace close. They had Mary the mother, a bystander, Mary Magdalene, a Roman soldier, and he has God's viewpoint. Once you sat down, started writing Little Missy, Martha, about how long was the whole process until you got it published? Well, it's a very small book. I I was shocked when I got my 10 copies of it because it was such a tiny book. It's only 44 pages long. But it, I think it probably took me maybe a couple of months because it has 12 chapters, and I think I wrote about a, mu- a chapter a day. What are the chances we'll see maybe a sequel to Little Missy or maybe another kind of book from you in the future? I have another book out that's already been accepted. Hmm. It's a Christmas storybook, 
It has 20 Christmas stories, and the title of it is, I Heard the Tales on Christmas Day. So it'll be out about October, which would be just in time for Christmas. You mentioned getting those first copies in the mail of Little Missy, Martha. What was that moment like for you? It had to be surreal after working at it all that time, seeing it on the computer screen, and now you get to hold it. What's that like? Well, it feels really good you know, to, to get a book to finish, but I don't write just because I want to write. I write because I want to help people. Mm. And this book that I've got, Little Missy, and I heard the tales on Christmas Day, are both going to be given to a ministry called One Hope. And that's the ministry that tries to get a Bible to every child in the world. That's where my heart really is. Oh, that's wonderful. Martha, even though you may love it, sometimes you'll sit down and get writer's block. How do you get through the difficult challenges like that? I have never, ever have writer's block. The reason is because I feel like the things that I do come from the Lord. I struggle with spelling. I struggle with sentence structure but never the story. Once I put my fingers, I've got the idea, and I put my fingers on the keys, it's just like it just flows. So that's not something I struggle with. I think a lot of readers are going to be blessed and helped by this book, and it's titled Little Missy. It's written by Martha Black. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can get it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Martha, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me about Little Missy. I had such a nice time talking with you. Okay, thank you so very much for doing this. There's a beautiful new book. It just hit store shelves, written by Brad Young. It's titled Pictures, A Simplified Way of Knowing God and Understanding the Bible. I'm delighted that Brad is sitting here right with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to chat all about this book. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. It's great to be with you today. It's great to have you here, Brad. Now, this is a children's book. You take pictures to clarify the stories in the Bible. Can you tell me about it? Well, I'm glad that you said that because it really is not a children's book. Hmm. It is for adults. It's a way of making the Bible easier to understand, and it's using the concept that is used in children's books. Children's books, the children are often limited in their vocabulary, and when they don't fully understand the storyline as it's being read, there's always pictures to look at so they can understand what's going on in the story. It clarifies it for them. And, you know, God is engaged in this lifelong process of teaching his adult children and knowing the value of picture illustrations. He's provided hundreds of them, and I've discovered that that makes understanding the written word much easier for people. Brad, what inspired you to write this? Well, how'd you get this idea? Well, I have a burden on my heart for people, millions of people who believe in God, but know very little or nothing about the Bible. Mm. And it's pretty difficult to really know God if you don't know what he has revealed about himself in his word. And some people have tried to read it and get frustrated, don't understand Maybe they went to a church that didn't teach them through the Bible. And so I just felt like God had given me a way to make the Bible easier to understand. I even think that for unbelievers and agnostics who are open-minded and fair-minded, they don't want to reject something they know nothing about. So I think there are millions of unbelievers and agnostics that would like to know more about the Bible. So if they reject what the Bible teaches, at least they know why. So I think there's a big target audience for this. Hmm. 
And Brad, I imagine this would have taken you a long time to do, considering all the art involved. Was that the case? Yes. It took me a year to write, but I was a pastor, a youth pastor for 10 years, pastor church for 38 years, and I taught verse by verse through the Old Testament twice, verse by verse through the New Testament three times. So much of the study and research needed for the book had already been done over a lifetime of ministry, and it still took me a year to put the book together. Have you ever tried anything like this before, or what's your writing background look like? No, never. But you write messages every week before you verbally give the message of the Bible to your congregation, you write out the message. So I've been doing writing similarly my whole life. Mm. And when it came to publishing, I take it that was something new for you, Brad. What was the most challenging thing about putting your book through that publishing process? Well, the most challenging thing is I've never done it before, so I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> Christian Faith Publishing is wonderful, and they just took me by the hand and guided me step-by-step step through the process. Do you think there'll be another? Do you think you'll be maybe writing and publishing more in the future? Well, I've actually already finished the sequel. So oh, wow. Pictures 2 is done, because God has provided so many fantastic picture illustrations to help us understand his written word. I couldn't possibly fit them all into one volume. But if the first book doesn't do well, it will never get submitted. So we'll, we'll wait and see how the first one does. And then I actually have the outline in my mind. Oh, that's fantastic. Brad, so many people listening to us right now are just starting out. They haven't published before, but they want to write. They want to start publishing. Do you have any words of wisdom that you could pass on to them? Yeah, I think the advice I had to give myself, because how do you know whether you're gifted for writing? How do you know if you have a calling for writing unless you try? So I just say, you know, take a step of faith. And I think a lot of people are going to be blessed and encouraged by this book and should go check it out for sure. The name is Pictures, A Simplified Way of Knowing God and Understanding the Bible. It's written by Brad Young and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick it up everywhere, like on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Brad, thank you so much again for joining me and telling me all about Pictures and Pictures 2 and hopefully Pictures 3. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Sitting down right beside me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Anne O'Beffin. Anne, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. You've written a new children's book called Parables, Volume 1. So, Anne, can you tell me all about it? So this book is about stories that could help children understand basic spiritual principles and even moral principles, things like respect. Mm -hmm. When my children were growing up, it was really hard to communicate to them what respect is. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, I had to come up with stories. And so it's really a book that helps children understand principles by simple stories. And what inspired you to write this? What gave you the idea to sit down and get started? So my children were the inspiration for this book. Mm. I have three children. They're now a little grown. I have a 15-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And while, when they were like really young, like 5 and 3 and 2, I was always wanting to 
communicate godly principles to them, mm. and even just life principles. And sometimes when I talk to them about respect and godliness and being important in the society, it was really hard for their young minds to grasp. Mm. You know, I would pray and say, Lord, what is the best way? And then I would really think about parables in the Bible. I believe it was an inspiration from God to just use stories to communicate those principles to them. And I noticed that whenever I did that, there's like a light bulb that just goes up mm. on their head. And then I'm like, okay, I think they're getting it. And, you know, like some other time when I asked them, did you understand what I taught you yesterday? It's so, they're so quick to respond yes mm. and to tell me what they learned because the stories resonated with them. Mm. I love that approach. And is this a book that took you a long time to write or did it come across quickly? No, it took really, it took almost two years. Mm. And this is because I did not intentionally, I didn't sit down to say I wanted to write a book. It was just the fact that I saw the impact that the stories made in the life of my children. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to try and put it in writing so other kids can benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And so I would start with one story and it would take me forever just because I wasn't really in that mindset of writing a book as an author, but just a mom who wanted to share an idea with all the ideas with all the children. And so it took me forever. But when I realized that it was really, I was stalling, and this book is still not out, I decided to really sit down and become serious with writing it. Well, so many people who are listening to us right now, Anne, are authors who are just starting out. So based on everything you learned along the way, can you give them any advice? Of course. I would say don't give up. It might take a while but it will definitely come together when you're ready to put it out there. When you think of anything, just go ahead and write it down. Commit daily or maybe weekly to putting down something and working on the book. And when you do that, you are going to see the results very quickly. And the title is Parables Volume 1, so I assume Volume 2 is on the way. Where are you with that? Of course, I have actually, I have multiple stories already just waiting to be written and published because I wanted, I really wanted this one to go out there and people to give me feedback and see the reaction of a lot of children with the first volume before I put out the second one. So yes, it's already in the works and I am not in a hurry to bring it out yet. Well, I know a lot of children and a lot of families are going to love this book. I encourage my listeners to go check it out. It's titled Parables, Volume 1. It's written by Anne Obeffen and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can buy it anywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and your traditional brick-and-mortar stores. And thank you so much for coming on the show, telling me about parables and everything. I hope we can do this again sometime soon. Thank you. I hope so, too. Thank you for having me. Visions That Kill Her Silence. That's the name of the new book by E.D. Lewis. And E.D. is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We're going to chat all about the book. E.D., welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. E.D., can you tell me what readers can expect when they open up Visions That Kill Her Silence? 
Well, this book is a very powerful and impactful story on the effects of silencing abuse victims and protecting their abusers. Mm. It's a riveting story and glimpse into the dark side of sexual exploitation by family and relatives. These issues follow Elle as a young woman who's faced with sexual abuse as a child. Her attempts at sharing her story with others after years of being told to be silent, it's been a problem, clearly a problem for her as she attempted to speak out. Mm. Those trusted adults encouraged her or threatened her to remain silent. And then ultimately that isolation that continued through Elle's adult life created the demise of Elle's daughter her own substance abuse that she struggled with for years. But ultimately, this story is a story of resilience and hope Mm. for people who are faced with these gruesome issues. Well, this couldn't have been an easy book to write, E.D. How did the inspiration for this come about? Well, emotional pain was a driving factor. After years of keeping a diary as a young girl and then a journal as an adult, I felt the need to organize those thoughts and refine my thoughts and finally just begin writing it down and put it in a book to have it essentially organized and true to the story that I told Mm. without being interrupted or dismissed or rejected or even have the story itself be edited. How long of a process was this for you? Well, after many short stories and keeping the journal, I it took about two years to complete. And is this the first time you've ever done anything like this when it comes to writing and publishing? Yes, it is my first published book. Hmm. And I've always wanted to publish a book. And I actually wrote a manuscript back in 2010, and it was based on these same issues, but I felt like it wasn't written as well as I wanted, and I tossed it aside and was frustrated with the potential publishing process and therefore didn't proceed in any further. But it still sat there in the back of my mind, and I, I always wanted to do it, finally followed through, particularly after the demise of my own daughter's drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And what was it like when you finally got the first copy and you got to physically hold this book you've been working on? Well, I was very accomplished and relieved. I was amazed it was done. I did it. I followed through. I was very proud. But I also was stricken with fear, just fear of exposure. And that was that's the whole issue of you know trying to stand up and speak out against these issues, these issues, I think, that have a stigma in society and in families. You know, most family members don't want you to talk about it. Pretend it doesn't happen. Make it go away. But never mind how the person who's dealing with it or the victim of these issues, never mind how she must feel growing up or just living every day-to-day life. Mm. I think the biggest fear was related around my own family reading the book as opposed to a stranger reading the book, which just seems odd to me. But after addressing that, I realized that it's not an issue anymore. They're unfounded fears. They're not accurate. Have you given thought to writing another and publishing more after this? Actually, I have, and, well, it's already done. Hmm. Well, I could say I've written another book. The truth is this book was essentially originally one book, but when my publishing director instructed me that it's just too long, you need to break it up in two, so that's what I did instead of making this one humongous story. Hmm. But the truth is this is my first published work, but I have the remainder of this story sitting on my computer, ready to be published when the time is right. Wonderful. And I know that a lot of people are going to be helped and encouraged by this book, and I encourage everybody out there to go check this out. The title is 
Visions That Kill Her Silence. It's written by E.D. Lewis. It's published by Newman Springs Publishing. And you can find it everywhere. Of course, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. E.D., I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling me about this book and telling me a little bit about your story. I had a great time talking with you here tonight. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. The Last Days. It's the new book in stores written by James Roberts. And here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm sitting with James right now. We're going to chat all about this book. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about what readers can find when they open up The Last Days? Well, it's a book on the study of the Revelation with an emphasis on the seals and trumpets that are are spoken about in the book of Revelation. Hmm. And it also is a a pretty in-depth study on on time itself and how man views time and how God views time. And I believe that God has set up a series of milestones that we could track for events to, to be completed like on a schedule. I believe that he used the feasts from the Old Testament during the time of Moses as milestones. And so once the event that that feast represents is passed, then that milestone can be checked off the schedule and you can move on to the next thing. For example, when the feast of Passover was completed and when Jesus died and, and death passed over all Christians at that time. So I believe that most of the milestones on the, his schedule event are complete, except for the ones remaining uh, concerning his second return. Well, the book of Revelation is difficult for a lot of people, James. Did this take you a long time to do? Yeah, I worked on this probably for about three years. Mm. I got to noticing that I had a lot of study notes and sermons that I preached over the years that concerned the end times and Revelation, and so I just started compiling all that, and it took me quite a while. I was working when I first started, and then we had COVID entered into the whole picture, and there was a lot of things that that caused me to pause every now and then, but I finally did get finished with it. What sparked you to write the book? Can you think back to when you got the idea and said, hey, I got to sit down and get to work on this thing? Yes. We were at a men's prayer breakfast in my home church, First Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. We had a man come to speak to us. He'd just written a book on Revelation, and after he'd finished speaking, he asked if anyone had any questions, and man, there was a lot of confusion, and everybody had all these different ideas and these different questions and these different concepts, and they were really struggling to understand it, and so I really felt led at that time to to write a book that would help explain things in a whole lot more clear, And, and I started using Old Testament scriptures to tie in with the New Testament so that the whole Bible kind of tied in together with that. What does your writing background look like, James? Have you written before this? No, I have never written before. So this, I'm a first-time author, and this was kind of a new journey for me. It's been an exciting trip, though, and I, I'm glad I finally got it published. I can only imagine the moment you got your first copy in, James. A lot of people, you know, it's quite something to see your name on the cover of a book. What was that moment like for you? Well, it's it's actually pretty good. I haven't actually seen my book yet. So I'm living in Ecuador during, during COVID. Me and my wife, I wasn't old enough to retire yet. We decided, well, I've got laid off work. There wasn't any work. We tried to figure out a place to move to. So we finally decided on Ecuador. And uh, I got it published while I was here in Ecuador. And I'll be going back to the States probably in another month or so. And I'll pick up my copies there. But I've seen pictures of it and everything. It's pretty exciting. It's kind of surreal because it just doesn't seem like the moment's going to be yet that this really happened. Mm. 
What are the chances you'll do it again? Have you thought about writing another? Well, I've just sent off another book to the publisher and they approved it, so hopefully we'll be see that one coming out any day now. James, a lot of people listening to us right now are the authors who are just starting out and things, so do you have any words of wisdom, any advice that you could offer? Yeah, so I, I was kind of intimidated by writing a book, and I think the biggest hurdle is just to get started and start writing something. That I think about people like Ernest Hemingway and Mark Twain and things. They didn't have computers, and they don't have the technology we do now, and they had to get it right on paper. So I, I think it's become a little easier to write. It's just getting motivated to sit down and do it, just come up with an idea and then just start writing. Absolutely. I think this book is going to clear up a lot of questions people have about the book of Revelation, and it's just going to be a blessing in general. It's titled The Last Days. It's written by James Roberts, and it's published by Covenant Books, and you can get it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. James, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me about The Last Days. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. All right, well, thanks again for having me. Ms. Ruby Takes a Walk in the Park. It's the new children's book. It just hit stores, written by Tony Gilmer. And Tony is sitting right here with me now, and we're going to chat all about this book. Tony, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Tony, what can readers expect in Ms. Ruby Takes a Walk in the Park? It's full of animation, lots of animals, and most importantly, it's got a really important lesson in the book. So that's, I would be looking for that lesson. What ages of children do you think would get the most out of this, Tony? I would say any child between like four and maybe seven. And how did the idea for this come about? How were you inspired to write the story? It's really strange, but I was in the shower and <laughs> I just felt inside, you're going to write a book. And I thought, my head thought, no, you're not going to write a book. You don't even like that writing. You like reading. And I just, as time went on, I just felt in my heart that that's what I was to do. And there's important messages that, that we need to get out to the kids. Mm -hmm. And if we can change one child and they teach their kids and their grandkids and their great grandkids, before you know it, you have a generation that's learning about our words. So this is your first published book then, Tony? Yes, it is. Congratulations. Did this take you forever to do then? It just took a few months. It wasn't too bad. And when you got the first copy in, that physical one, after all that hard work, Tony, what was that moment like for you? It was very surreal. Before, I had a hard time saying or picturing myself as an author. But when I got the book, I thought, I really am an author. And I'm so proud of it. It's just a great work. And pictures and everything, I'm very proud of the book. And when it came to the illustrations, you know, it's something that you've got to think hard about when it comes to children's books. What kind of a process was that for you, Tony? I just knew the way the story goes and what I wanted in those spots. There's just a lot of scenarios in here that are important and that I want the kids to know. Have you thought about maybe a sequel to Ms. Ruby or maybe some other kind of writing ahead of you? I haven't thought of a sequel, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. There is another book that'll be out this year. And I'm just as excited. It's hard to go about this kind of thing alone. Uh, did you have people who knew you were writing a book and they could be there to kind of back you up and encourage you along the way? I did. I have four children, four sons, and they were very supportive. And my husband's been amazing. I probably couldn't have done it without him. 
I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of writing and publishing for the first time, Tony. Do you have any words of wisdom now that you could offer to those listening now who are just starting out? I would say don't give up. If it's in your heart and you want to write a book, I would write it, you know, and then see if you can get it published. Like I said, I would have never, never have dreamt that I would be doing what I am today. But I love it. It's become a passion. Tony, once you started writing Ms. Ruby Takes a Walk in the Park, was it easy for you to go from start to finish, or did you get writer's block or maybe challenges like that along the way? No, it was easy. I didn't have a title for a long time, but the book itself, because I knew what kind of book I wanted to write, it wasn't bad. You know, I wanted to make sure that message was in there. It can change lives. The adults read it to their kids. It can change adults, too. Those that didn't understand that their words are powerful. So I would say adults can enjoy it just as well. Writing a book is a lot of hard work, which you surely know, Tony. What's the most rewarding aspect for you now of being a published author? I think when I hear family, like my husband's family, tell me how much they love the book. Mm. His whole family's been supportive. And it's just, it feels good when somebody reads it and says, wow, that was good. That message is great. It just, it really blesses me, you know, and I think, well, I did it for a reason, and there must be the reason. A moment ago, you mentioned how you love to read, Tony, which often a lot of writers are also big readers, so it makes sense that you took that step into writing. What kinds of books do you find yourself getting lost in? Usually Christian books on just the different subjects. That's typically where I land. I know a lot of children and families are going to love this book, and I encourage those listening out there to go out and check it out. It's titled, Ms. Ruby Takes a Walk in the Park. This is written by Tony Gilmer and is published by Covenant Books. Of course, you can find it anywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Tony, it's been great talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 